You're listening to Yantai Kind Of, a podcast to help keep current and former LDI Yantai staff connected. We'll talk about Yantai Kind Of, about kind of important things, and about people we kind of care about. I'm your host, Evan Vars. Welcome to episode one of Yantai Kind Of. Today, I'm honored to have Trevor Dace with us to talk about Model United Nations and Yantai, and also Rebecca Van Santen, the brains and magic behind the Yantai clothing swap. Trevor, thanks for joining me today. So this, this last weekend, there was an MUN conference. Um, it was... Is the Tianjin ninth, the ninth Tianjin MUN? Okay, and they call that what, Tian Moon. Yeah, they call it Tian Moon. Okay, it's hosted by TIS, uh, Tianjin International School. They've been they do a really good job. They're really organized. Uh, their advertising is excellent. Their application methods really smooth. For for some of our our listeners that maybe don't know what uh, MUN is, like what is the you have an elevator phrase like what is MUN well the simple thing is it's model United Nations so it's just a chance for students to get exposed to global issues and get some experience debating like what you would actually see in a real United Nations situation okay and what were some of the the topics that got debated this year this year they were looking at India specific things so there was a lot of human rights people getting clean water uh, some of the more interesting ones, they had a new one about electronic, the way people can do what is called a deep fake. Oh, yeah. So how do we deal with that now? Yeah. And uh, measures to prevent and regulate. Uh, that was one of the more interesting topics, I thought. Trevor, you're, you're new to the school. Uh, so you, you weren't doing MUN last year. What is your, your personal history with, with the MUN program? Yeah, MUN... I just I didn't even know it existed before 2018. Okay. Came to China, joined a school, heard about it as one of our after-school clubs, thought it sounded nice. The following year, the, the teacher that was leading it and sponsoring it had to go home, so there was a, a need. So the principal came to me and said, can they use your room? It's student-led, so you just got to monitor. And I was like, yes, that is I can definitely monitor students. I know how to do that. <laughs> uh, nice. And I was just blown away by that particular president that year because mm. he was passionate. The student. About, yeah, the student. He, he pushed uh, five of our students to join. He mm. basically used his own culture to be like, I'm older, you have to do this. Right. And it was a great thing. He, mean, he didn't do it in a mean way. He did this as a way to say, this is going to push you academically. Mm. It's going to be a great for you, great way for you to meet people around China, mm. people from your country, people not from your country, right. and you're going to have a great experience and have fun at the same time. Yeah, S- similar. Um, I had never heard of Model United Nations, and I come from uh, I'm in a conservative background, right. and you know, and sometimes it's like the United Nations are like, I mean, maybe it's the Antichrist, like you know, there's that like maybe it's the right. you know the. Anyway, so I had never really even considered or or thought about United Nations as something more than a conspiracy theory. But uh, (laughs) yeah, in in Qingdao, revelation things. Yeah, yeah, be be aware of. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but you know, in in Qingdao, when my wife was doing Model United Nations, I remember just listening to some of 
as they they took on the role and the perspective right. of another country mm-hmm. and just some of the stuff they were talking about mm-hmm. and i mean i was like uh when i was a high schooler like i i could would never have done this i don't know if i oh. could have done it i didn't yeah. know about any of these things that they were talking about and just right. just being super impressed like mm-hmm. blown away with all the real world applications that are occurring Absolutely. in this yeah. single program yeah, I think it's really great because they don't make up new issues for right. Model United Nations. They take issues that the UN has actually talked about. Yeah. So the students have all that research at hand, so they can either do the exact same as the UN or they can do their own, which I think is even more interesting when they go that direction. Mm. Um, good. I like it when students are challenged to take on a country they actually don't like. Oh, yeah. Or disagree with their yes. stance yeah so then they have to do all this research and get prepared to argue for something they absolutely are against and uh i've seen it go both ways in just mm-hmm. my limited time but sometimes sometimes they get real into it and they're like i'm gonna do this well i'm getting the award and other times they're like well i'm here for the experience it'll be fine right so how do you as a teacher like how do you coach students through that where mm-hmm. they're taking on i mean maybe a country from the middle east that right. right that actually is promoting some kind of you know human rights issue or mm-hmm. whatever that that we would stand against and now they're having to represent that country yeah. and don't want to do it well i mean as a teacher i use that i look at that as that teaching experience mm-hmm. so when i come into that situation i would try and take them through not everyone agrees with us so let's first go in and try and understand where they're coming from. Mm. So you have to get into culture, you have to get into government. And unfortunately, the students don't have a lot of time to get into it real deep, but they get deep enough for them to get a quick view, a quick glance, almost like a tourist stopping through the country. Uh, And so that can kind of help them to try and change the mindset to just simply understand. But the, the real thing that I think has helped with my experience in MUN is actually going for the mentorship. Mm. So this is something really cool because MUN is student-led. Right. I'm not supposed to do much at all. Mm. I'm supposed to point the freshman to the junior or senior who's been in it and maybe has had the same situation. Right. And so let the, let the students help each other. That's something that I love about MUN. It's built so that you have this continuing cycle of first I learn from those who have done. Right. Then when I get to that point, I have to teach those who don't know yet. Right. From from what I saw in Qingdao, it took um, a year or two mm-hmm. to build that, uh, that tradition almost. Yeah, yeah that, that, that cycle. Mm-hmm. But once it was there, um, it's just another piece of where you see, again, that real world application mm-hmm. of learning and where all of a sudden students are responsible and they, they do they take that responsibility quite seriously oh, yeah. Yeah. to pass that on to the the next mm-hmm. generation of MUNers right right it's really cool to see when they grow into it as well some of them like you said they take ownership they're like no nope, I'm the junior I'm supposed to help those who need help but you also have to facilitate that you have to help them learn how to recognize when students need that. Hmm. And sometimes they never learn that they need that. But I love that they always remember they were that person at one time. So Hmm. they easily like, no, no, this is how you write this resolution. These are the questions you haven't asked yet. Go back and research on this. 
have you read what the chair is actually saying or wanting to focus on with this topic? Right. Yeah. The good things like that. Yeah. yeah. What What is something from this this past weekend that maybe uh, that surprised you or that mm-hmm. uh, that you took away from the the couple of days that you spent here with the students? Mm-hmm. I was very lucky to have several of my students from the past school mm-hmm. come to this MUN and and join and. I was encouraged to see them because there were some of the students I was like, I thought they'd do MUN once and then they did it, they're done. But I had two of them who stand out specifically. Decent students, maybe not the most academic. And we all have that. I wasn't the most academic. But these guys, the way they had actually taken ownership of their position in MUN, mm-hmm. and they completely changed. I was sitting in the hallway and a group of five guys came out of this room and the conversation they were having, one of them was leading and he was ranting about how <laughs> the the people had written this resolution just explaining the problem. They hadn't made any solutions or offered anything. Mm. And the thing for me was he was one of my lazier students. He was not one that had any critical thinking. He look, always looked for the easy way. And now I see him like nitpicking about the wording in a resolution. I was like, yes, this is the kind of growth you love to see. And then he ended up getting uh, most improved in his committee. So that was was awesome takeaway there. Uh, Surprised to see which students grow because you never know. Some of them will surprise you. They'll take ownership or find that thing that gives them that satisfaction or fulfillment. Right. Then for me, I just kind of stand back and like, yes, well done. Yeah. Well done. I mean, it's cool as teachers to, to we don't always get to be rewarded or get to see the the fruits of our labor right maybe but <laughs> that when you do get to see a a student who's made those steps and growth and yeah it is it is rewarding to be a part of that and experience mm-hmm. it so the future of MUN uh, here and in, in Yantai what's what's next for the MUN program well we have Muntai in December that should be exciting that'll be our first hosted uh, conference, so I'm excited to see that. Okay, so that's going to happen here that's, in Yantai. That's going to happen in Yantai. All right, and is the plan for that to be a face-to-face at the moment, or will it also be virtual? This one, from my understanding, is going to be face-to-face. It's going to be a physical conference. Okay, and will that involve schools uh, outside of Yantai, or is it focused on some of the programs that are already here in the city? It's going to be mostly, uh, at least the province. Okay, probably mostly. Uh, Yantai, but there's at least five schools signed up right now. Oh, wow. So it's going to be a decent conference, especially for our first one. Okay. Uh, We're going to have a good showing. It it looks like everyone's anticipating good things, so we're just going to do our best to to provide. Okay. Hey, Trevor, we we do anticipate good good things. Thank you for uh, investing in our students in this program. Sure thing. My pleasure. Okay, so this last weekend we had the Yantai clothing clothing swap, and so Rebecca Van Santen and Genevieve and Emmeline are are with us today to talk about it. This this wasn't the first clothing swap, right? No, we've had I think two or maybe three others, some bigger than others, but this was the first fall clothing swap. So they normally occur in the the springtime, right? We have had 
yeah, two or three in the spring, and people were so excited about it that they said, let's have one in the fall as well. So okay. this is our first fall. Well, so I, that's that's part of my question. Like, where did the idea for a clothing swap come from? Like, why why did you do this to begin with? A lot of our expat community was really disappointed that there's no like thrift stores or ways to share clothes or to get old clothes. Um, and so one, this was an idea that came out of that wanting to use secondhand clothes and having a big yeah a big space to do that and to look at things that you maybe generally wouldn't look at and find fun new clothes so the clothing swap i mean the, the basic premise right is that there's yes people are swapping clothes but there's something more to it yeah it's actually super fun because um one of the neat things which is sometimes slightly uncomfortable after is seeing someone else walking around with clothes that you may have bought or to I mean they just didn't fit your wardrobe and then you see someone else and you're like hey that looks really great on them and that's sometimes you can like bridge that gap with a fun comment or sometimes you just need to not say anything um but yeah I think it's a fun way um for the community to come together it's also another part of it that's really unique is that the uh, it's kind of a bridge between the foreign staff, I feel, and the national staff or national community because it's so, it's such a kind of a strange and different idea for Chinese friends. And it's very common to foreign friends because we're familiar with the whole idea of thrift stores. So it's kind of, in a lot of ways, usually that's flipped. But in the clothing swap, it's, it's a good opportunity for the foreign friends to share, oh, this is really common in wherever we come from and right. so yeah i think that's those have been kind of some fun extra things that have come out of it yeah definitely uh, even this the last clothing swap when i was at it i spoke to a couple of the national staff and they're there's i mean they're excited to buy it mm -hmm. like they love it and they're like this is such a good idea mm -hmm. i mean that's like that that comes out of it they're like yeah why aren't we doing this so there's kind of that that idea there Hey, so in what ways, like, have you seen the clothing swap grow over the last couple of years as, as you've done it and done it again and again? Yeah, it's grown mostly because people actually know what it is now. So in the beginning, of the, a lot of the communication was just explaining what is this. And I still, I still include that for people that might not have done it before. But also just in size, people are bringing more things. And I think, like, collecting things a lot more in advance and also like depending on it like oh there's a clothing swap in the spring so i know of one friend for example she she feels less bad about making terrible taobao purchases because <laughs> she could just give it to the clothing swap and maybe someone else will use right. it so yeah so it's yeah it's been fun it's good i i noticed on the last one there were a couple of clothing items that like still had the price tags yeah. and I'm, you're totally like oh that was a good about purchase that didn't work out right yeah so there is a plan to have another one in the spring yeah i think so hopefully who knows these days but <laughs> we, we plan to yeah another cool thing i think from the, the clothing swap you can tell us about is what happens to all the clothes that that don't get taken yeah so that was a really um great thing that really led to being able to keep doing the clothing swaps consistently is that um a friend of mine uh, shared with me this this app that's run through Alibaba, I believe, and essentially you just um, you can sign up 
like which items you want. So in this case, obviously it's clothing and accessories and then how much weight approximately. And then they come and pick it up and it's all free. Um, and then actually the, the company will go through it or they will bring it somewhere that will go through it and then donate some of it to different places, orphanages or care homes. And then they will recycle the rest. So yeah, so it's really easy. Um, yeah. It's a good way. I I know um, I totally have that sometimes hoarder. Like I see stuff next to the trash can. I'm like, oh man, how could we be throwing that away? Like mm. there's, at least for me, like I, I bring some clothing knowing that it's not going to get taken, but maybe it will get recycled or passed on for mm. something else other than just the garbage. Yeah, I think that's a fairly... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's a fairly like new concept in China. Even the idea of like recycling your clothing, like we mentioned, like the thrift store is totally not a thing yet. But I think this idea of like sending it so that someone else can use it is yeah, great. Makes us feel better about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Hey Rebecca, thanks for sharing with us and what you do for the community. And we look forward to the clothing swap this spring. Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks for listening to the very first episode of Yantai, kind of. This podcast is a work in progress. If you have feedback or suggestion for what you'd like to hear about on Yantai, kind of, please leave a comment or send me an email. We are working on having Yantai, kind of, available on iTunes and Google Cast. Hopefully you can use your favorite podcast player to stream the next episode. Until next time.